Hi, this is Pastor Bob Yandian. Today and tomorrow, I'm going to be defining the anointing of the Holy Spirit. One lives inside of us, but I'm going to talk about the anointing that comes upon us, that empowers us, and can take a sermon that's good and make it incredible and minister to the needs of people. We'll be talking about that today and also tomorrow. Let's go to the Word of God together. For more than 40 years, Bob Yandian has been an expositor of the Bible, making seemingly complicated doctrine easy to understand. Grab your Bible and study the Word of God with Pastor Bob Yandian. Hello and welcome again to Student of the Word with Pastor Bob Yandian. Today we're going to be defining the anointing of the Holy Spirit, and there's basically two of them. There is an internal anointing which every believer has, 1 John 2, 7. And then we're going to talk about the anointing that comes upon us, and that comes by being filled with the Holy Spirit. The ministry of speaking with tongues, it actually increases this and causes a greater presence of the Holy Spirit. Not that he gets any better and he gets any closer. We can hear him better. He can communicate to us better. We'll talk about that during the broadcast today. And this is coming from my book called Life and Power, the two major ministries of the Holy Spirit. Life comes when we get born again. Power comes when we get filled with the Holy Spirit. And the difference between the two, in fact, every other ministry of the Holy Spirit comes from one of these two. So once we're born again, we can begin to understand the word of God. That's that tangible anointing on the inside that we know is there. But the tangible anointing on the outside is where we enter into the gifts of the Holy Spirit, the supernatural. And so that's in this book. And the announcer will come on at halftime and tell you how you can have a copy of the book yourself. I have a little praise report here from John, and he writes in uh, to about the broadcast, says, great teaching as always. Thank you, John. I appreciate your input, few words, but I'll tell you what, they're mighty. And I often do the same thing with my own pastor. I think his preaching and teaching gets better every time I hear him. And I just compliment him. I said, do you ever get tired of that? He goes, no, not a bit. I said, well, it sounds like I'm a broken record or something. So the same thing is true here with listening to the word of God. Thank you for all. If you have a little praise report to write in, please do so. Make it short. I'll mention it here on the broadcast. But if something's happened to you or just something really ministered to you, let me know. I'd love to tell everybody because what happens to you often time seems insignificant, but it's exactly what somebody else needed. I've heard testimonies before and thinking that's exactly what I needed to hear. And, uh, you know, they didn't know it, but they just told it to them. It's just a short story about what happened to them, but that's exactly what so many people are looking for in their life. So again, be sure and do that. So I want you to turn with me to 1 John chapter 2 and verse 7. And uh, there is an anointing within us that says this anointing has come to abide upon us. And in 1 John 2, 7, it says, there is a presence of the Holy Spirit within us called the anointing. It abides within. The moment we're born again, it comes and stays inside of us and will be there throughout our life. And there is a leading and guiding of the Holy Spirit. Even if you're not filled with the Holy Spirit, because you're born again, there is a guidance that comes from the Holy Spirit. But there's an increased guidance that comes from the anointing, that tangible presence of the Holy Spirit, which can be sensed, often seen. It's even appeared in meetings as cloud or smoke, but it's so real to you. It's like there's a friend standing beside you that communicates with you and being filled with the Holy Spirit and speaking with other tongues actually increases your ability to hear from the Holy Spirit. And this is what it was given for on the day of Pentecost, Acts chapter two, Later on, the city of Samaria, where the revival broke out, then later on in the house of Cornelius, later on in chapter 19 of Acts in Ephesus, where those disciples were filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke with tongues. It just happens throughout the word of God and is still for today. Ephesians 5, 16, be filled with the Spirit speaking. 
among yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. This is what it's telling us, and this is what happens to us today. It's still around today because we need that tangible presence of the Holy Spirit, especially in the day we're living in, to detect what's right, to detect what's wrong, to pick up inside of us by the power of the Holy Spirit, wrong things and right things, correct doctrine, wrong doctrine, These things come to us, first of all, from the knowledge of the word of God, but also by the witness of the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit inside of us is not felt, is not so much tangible, although it is tangible at times, we know he's there. But the Holy Spirit's presence inside of us, again, is not necessarily felt or even tangible, but the anointing we're discussing in this teaching is tangible. What I mean by that is it's present, the Holy Spirit's presence there, and you know it, and often has been sensed by ministers and many times by those attending a meeting. I have been in meetings where the presence of God was so strong in that auditorium, and it wasn't something inside of me. It was like you're cutting through a a fog or something in the room. You can't see the fog. At times you have, and there's been times when the smoke of the Holy Spirit has been seen in meetings, but this is rather rare. But again, those that tangible presence, especially during praise and worship, where the power of God is there, it's just like anything can happen. Healings can happen. Miracles can happen. Strong guidance of things you've had before the Lord can happen. The Holy Spirit can speak to you. And that's those special times when the anointing of God is there. And again, like I said, praise and worship is a very powerful part of it. But then also preaching in line with the word of God and open to the presence of the Holy Spirit can bring the same things. And this is what I'm talking about. But again, I want to define in this particular broadcast, I'm going to talk about what the anointing is and what the anointing is not, because there's been a lot of confusion around it. It seems like the longer something around, people start adding to it, and it gets a long way off from reality. I think in the Garden of Eden, this is what happened with uh, Adam and Eve, is that Adam uh, was told by God to tell her not to eat of the fruit. Well, she said whenever Satan tempted her, we're not supposed to touch it or to eat it. Now, no one from God told Adam to do that, but perhaps Adam was something adding to it to try tried to keep her farther away from that fruit. And when she touched it, she saw nothing happened. Oh, well, if I touched it, nothing happened, then I could eat of it. But when she did eat of it, that's where she strictly disobeyed God. And this is what happens often today is the anointing of God is around, but more and more stories seem to come around it. And we have all these ideas about it, but I want to come back again to what the anointing is and what the anointing is not. A lot of this came from my good friend, Tony Cook. So Tony, if you're watching this, you know, some of these points came from you and I thank you for them. If you're upset with me, I know you've taken some points from me. So I'm sure that we're going to get along just fine. After all, it's the truth of God's word. I want to talk to you about some points of what the anointing is not. In fact, eight points of what the anointing is not in the word of God and also in our daily life that we have found out. And uh, so the anointing of God is actually that tangible presence of God and the tangible anointing of the Holy Spirit that can do great and mighty things. Again, we seek for it. And uh, the longer you wait before God and just simply open to him, you can feel that presence yourself. I've often very strongly felt the presence of the Holy Spirit just in preparation as I'm putting a sermon together. And then oftentimes, again, while I'm preaching the word of God, I can sense that anointing of God so strongly during the sermon. It's not always there, but it's there more than it's not there. So the anointing again here, we're going to take eight points of what it is not. First of all, the anointing is not a substitute for preparation. 
And some preachers rely on uh, Psalm 81 and verse 10, which says, open your mouth wide and I will fill it. So that's what they decide to do. I'm just gonna not study. I'm not gonna prepare. And I'm just gonna get up there and open my mouth wide. And so therefore, I don't need to substitute. I have the Holy Spirit. He'll give me what to say at the time. I can vouch for this that at times there ha- it has happened to me. I remember one time that uh, I had, pl- I was. this was a Wednesday. I was planning on the sermon that night, had it all laid out in front of me and got a call that someone had died in the congregation, went to visit with his wife at that time. Very close to me, the people were very close to me. This wasn't something that I would, I delegated on that day. I went to do it myself, got back to the office, still had plenty of time. And so I started going to it again and got a phone call from someone else. And someone that was a friend of mine had gone through something in the church, needed some counseling. By the end of the afternoon, I hadn't studied at all. I looked at my notes and thought, God, you better do something. Cause I, listen, that was an absolute necessity. I walked up the platform that evening on Wednesday night, opened up my mouth and thank God, God filled it. Psalm 81 verse 10 came to pass. I opened my mouth wide and God filled it. But you know what? There's a real temptation after I preached that sermon that night and got compliments from everybody about how great the message was. There's a real temptation to say, well, I just ought to do this next week. No, that's called laziness. This was an absolute necessity of why I did this. And the Holy Spirit gave me a sermon that night. Second Timothy chapter two and verse 15 says this, study to show yourself approved to God a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. God wants us to study. He wants us to study because he wants us to be approved before him, not before people. The whole important thing is when people, you know, they sit there through a sermon and don't even say an amen once in a while. You wonder if it went over okay. They were, I was not there to prove it to them. First of all, I want to be approved by God and study and showing yourself approved to God is the first place where it begins. In fact, actually, a lot of times that anointing, tangible anointing is God's simple reward for you showing yourself approved to God by studying the word of God. He goes on to say in that verse of scripture, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Rightly dividing the word of truth doesn't come by just simply standing up there and preaching it and hoping it's rightly divided. It comes from study. It comes from comparing scripture with scripture. In the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be established. And those witnesses are really the scriptures from the word of God compared with each other. Although God can and does cover emergencies, you can't use the anointing as an excuse not to study. Are you listening to me, ministers? Are you listening to me, Sunday school teachers? Are you listening to me, those of you who have home fellowships? Understand this, God does cover emergencies, but you can't use the anointing as an excuse not to study. Ministers must be prepared to minister God's word and the ones who are prepared and have studied it, but then open to the Holy Spirit makes the best because why? Good ministry, good preaching, good teaching is a combination of the power of the Holy Spirit and the word that you have prepared on the inside of you. The presence and working of the Holy Spirit helps put the sermon together as well as be present when the minister presents the word. So the Holy Spirit's there for both of them. He anoints the study of the word of God and he anoints the preaching and teaching of the word of God. The Holy Spirit's power to help in study and presentation comes as much by praying in the spirit in tongues as it does from opening your Bible and comparing scripture with scripture, or even having a study book there to help you. Isaiah 28 and verse 11 says this, for with stammering lips, 
and another tongue, he will speak to this people. Me speaking in tongues is one direction toward God, but him giving me wisdom, him giving me an anointing, him taking the Holy Spirit and taking the word of God and lining it up as it should be is his job also. Study and inspiration do not need to compete with each other. They need to work with each other. Studying the word of God and then that inspiration, insight, direction from the Holy Spirit all works together that when it's all said and done, you have the assurance inside of yourself. You preached the sermon that was necessary, whether you get one amen or not. In fact, a lot of times congregations are silent and they don't say amen because the word of God is hitting them right between the eyes. You are right on target. And it's not comfortable for them as they're hearing these things, but yet it's exposing the problems that are in their life. And you may not get a whole lot of amens on that, but it's gonna come to pass one day. People can come back to you and say, pastor, I didn't say it at the time, but that one sermon you preached, that hardly anybody said amen. You even you even commented not very many people were saying amen. It was one of the most powerful sermons you've ever preached. I couldn't even say amen, but I was just mesmerized by how you were targeting the problems in my life. So not to prepare and expect you to, to bail you out is presumptuous. It will be evidenced by shallow preaching and shallow results, but we should never be overconfident that what we have prepared needs no trusting in the Holy Spirit either. When we come back after the break, we'll go to point number two. The Holy Spirit has always been with man, but only in a limited ministry before Pentecost. In the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit lived in a temple made with hands and came on individuals at certain times to do a certain task. When Jesus Christ rose from the dead, the veil of the temple was torn from the top to the bottom, not just to let us in, but to let the Holy Spirit out. From that day until this, the Holy Spirit desires to live in every person who will be born again. In Life and Power, Bobby Endian carefully examines the Holy Spirit's ever-present role in our daily life, the types and shadows that explain his ministry, and how the world was changed when he came into the upper room, filling New Testament believers with boldness and power. Life and Power is available in book form as audio CDs or downloads, video DVDs, or as both audio and video on a USB flash drive. To order Life and Power, visit bobbyandian.com slash lifeandpower. Theology Simplified is a practical guide to foundational biblical truth. Basic doctrines are not difficult, but easy to understand. They often become disguised as complicated or deep-sounding words, but the definitions are simple. Pastor Bob makes complex theological concepts clear and practical. Eight crucial doctrines of the Christian faith are demystified. Redemption, justification, sanctification, reconciliation, predestination, election, propitiation, and glorification. These eight precepts essential for all believers to understand, come to light as you read and arrive at a deeper understanding of the finished work of Jesus Christ. To order Theology Simplified, visit our website at bobyandian.com. Bob Yandian Ministries is training up a new generation in the Word of God. Because of your generosity, this teaching ministry is able to change countless lives. You will never know until you get to heaven how many people received Jesus, were filled with the Holy Spirit, healed or found God's will for their life through your support and prayers. If you would like to become a partner with Bob Yandian, visit bobyandian.com and click on Partnership. 
We're taking up eight points on what the anointing is not. From each one of them, we can turn it around and show you what the anointing is. Point number two is the anointing is not a shortcut to success. The first point we had was the anointing is not a substitute for study. And that we don't need to study. All I need is the anointing of the Holy Spirit. So we don't need to put anything together. We just walk out there, open our mouth and expect God to fill it. But point number two is the anointing again is not a shortcut to success. Immature ministers think like this. If I have the anointing of the Holy Spirit, I'll be respected and have great success. You might for a while, but the point of it is that anointing will not carry you through. In fact, the anointing is temporary, but the word of God you preach is eternal. And that's why we need that momentary push and power from the Holy Spirit to get it across to people. And the next time for the next sermon, that anointing is there. But we want every sermon to find lodging in a person's heart, be in their memory somewhere. So whenever they're in trouble, they can stop for a moment and suddenly it will come back to them what you preached in a sermon. That's the power of the anointing. But the word of God is what we want to impart into people because the word of God, like I said, lives and abides forever. Without other areas of your life and ministry being matured, too much success can be tragic. And this has often happened in ministers' lives. We have Samson in the word of God that had a huge anointing, but didn't have a lot of wisdom to back it. And he depended on the anointing, not on his lifestyle, not on his dedication to God, not on his discipleship to the Lord. He depended on the anointing. And boy, it got him somewhere for a while, but eventually it destroyed him. And we find so many ministers in the past back during the healing revivals, back during the charismatic movement that worked in such huge and great anointings from God, miracle signs and wonders followed their ministry, but they didn't have the character to back it up. And so many of them died early. Many of them died in all kinds of problems. Some of them had sexual problems. Some of them had problems with thieving and stealing and things like that. I mean, we go back to it. It was just such long list and uh, drunkenness. The point of it is it comes back again to this is that maturity comes from the word of God, not just from the presence of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit desires to anoint people who are mature in the word of God and know the word of God and then open themselves up to this extra power to come to impart the word of God into the hearts of people. So your gift can take you where your character cannot sustain you. And this has been said quite often in the ministry, and that's exactly what happens. A person's gift and the anointing on that gift can take them to places, but they need their character to keep them there. There's no shortcuts. There's no substitutes in ministry. Anointing does not replace endurance. Anointing does not replace character. Anointing doesn't replace the fruit of the spirit. The anointing doesn't replace honesty, humility, and a servant's heart. It does not replace it. It stands beside it and assists it. But literally, these things that come from this are the fruit of the spirit, and the anointing will run alongside of them. Endurance and character and honesty and, and humility, all these things are part of the fruit of the spirit, which develop character in you. What actually leads in the fruit of the spirit is the new birth. The new birth is the doorway into the fruit of the spirit. Spirit. The infilling of the Holy Spirit is the a doorway into the gifts of the Spirit. But the fruit of the Spirit is what carries you through. And I think as we look back on it, Billy Graham, probably of all the ministers that's been around, had the best when it came to his integrity, his honesty, his humility before people. And he trusted in that and his ministry outlasted a lot of ministers who had great anointings from the Holy Spirit, operated in signs and wonders and miracles. But long past all those being gone, Billy Graham's ministry 
ministry was still around and still is a mark of integrity today and a, and a mark that many ministers shoot for to find out how he operated integrity and they can too. So again, point number two just simply comes back to integrity. You cannot use the anointing to substitute for integrity. You know why people don't want integrity? It takes work. The anointing, you just, you just speak in tongues, pray to God, open up your heart, and there's the anointing of God. But the anointing of God will not carry you. It's your integrity that will keep you going for years and years and years. And there may even be times you'll minister the word of God, and it seems like there's no anointing at all. But what will carry you through is your integrity coming from your heart to those people. And again, they'll see that inside of you. Number three is this. The anointing is not a stamp of approval on your ministry. A tangible anointing is not God's endorsement of your ministry. It doesn't mean that they are accurate in everything. It doesn't mean you're accurate in everything. It doesn't mean that everything you say and everything you do is in line with God's will. And you may not even necessarily be living right. I hope you're not doing this purposely, but you don't know that you're not living right. That's anointing does not come on you as a stamp of approval to excuse what you're doing in front of other people. I remember growing up in Pentecost, my dad, would often talk about different ministers, and one of them was an alcoholic. People didn't know that person was an alcoholic. It took a number of years to find it out. But this particular ministry, he would walk upon the platform intoxicated, and he'd fall down on the platform, and people thought it was the power of the Holy Spirit would open themselves up to God, and miracles would take place. But it was because this guy was right. It's because their hearts were right. They thought he was right, but he wasn't. And literally, it looked like the anointing that was on him was a stamp of approval when people found out later that he was an alcoholic. How many times has it happened today? anointed ministers of God have had affairs with women. And then later on, people say, well, you know what? He had the anointing. Apparently it's okay for him to have affairs with women. No, the anointing of God was there because he was opened up to it, but eventually his lifestyle caught up with him. The anointing of the spirit is not a stamp of approval to let you live any way you want to in the things of the flesh and live in sin. Some ministers, again, living in great sin, preach great messages, seeing people saved and healed. And eventually though, that sin caught up with them. Again, there's this, there's this an intense desire for more power, more authority. They became drunk, adultery, and then money has destroyed many of them. Kenneth Hagin that I worked for, I told one particular ministry who ate like crazy, he was extremely overweight, and then also was involved in adultery, a number of things, but he just kept saying, the anointing of God is there, I will pull through. And uh, Kenneth Hagin told him, he said, there comes a day when one day this is gonna run out on you and all these other things will come and destroy you. And that's exactly what happened. He died at a young age. And because his body was so uh, mutilated by the sin that he was in, he eventually died at a young age. And many people thought, well, what happened to him? How did this happen? And a number of ministers knew what was going on behind the scenes and knew what was happening, but they never tainted his ministry, never tainted what he had to do. And they just simply talked good of him in the years to come after that. And so again, the anointing is not a stamp of approval on your life to allow you to live in sin so you can get away with. Again, we come back to Samson. And Samson, although you know he was a man that was chosen by God, even said from a young age, from the time he was born to his parents, he's going to begin to deliver Israel out of the mess that it's in. 
He grew up thinking he could live any way he wanted to, broke the rules of the, of, of the law, uh, did things that God told him not to do, and yet had the anointing of God upon him. And it lasted for a while until he got involved with Delilah. And then, of course, everything came unraveled with her. But at the very end of his life, he repented. Oh, God, the, the grace of God, the mercy of God, as he stood in that great arena and held out his hands and put it around two of those great pillars and prayed for God. God's presence and prayed for God's anointing, repented for the things he had committed, and then pulled hard on those two things, and the, the pillars collapsed and killed many thousands of the Philistines and of the enemies of Israel. And so there in his death, he actually had so much accomplished, but he could have lived longer. He could have gone on if he had just used the anointing to minister to people and then in his own personal lifestyle, live for the Lord, because that was a prerequisite for him being called in the ministry, yet he chose the anointing over that. The anointing is not a stamp of approval so that you can live any way that you want to. So again, some ministers living in great sin preach great messages, great sermons, saw people saved and healed, but eventually though that sin caught up with them. Power, lust, drunkenness, adultery, money lust have destroyed many. Number four is this, the anointing is not synonymous with a specific style. What I mean by this, there are different expressions of God's Holy Spirit. Some people love verse by verse teaching. I do. That's my major thing. I don't feel like sometimes I'm in a field all by myself, you know, but there are others who do preach verse by verse, but that's how I love to do it. I like to take the word of God and break it down line upon line, precept upon precept, Isaiah 28, telling us about the power of the Holy Spirit coming and that it would be line upon line and precept upon precept. Others prefer inspirational preaching. They like for somebody to stand up and inspire congregations. And if it's not that, they think it's not very good preaching. Some like prophesying and manifestations of the Holy Spirit. I think we all like that. And uh, that's the cherry on top of everything. You know, at the end of the sermon, we have manifestations of the Holy Spirit. When it comes to music, some people like soft music, quiet music. Others like it loud. Some like it to where the place is dancing. You know, that's they love that kind of music. We all have personal preferences, but it's important not to become closed-minded that ours is the best. God can only work through our style of ministry is the conclusion we finally come to when God uses all types of ministry methods to reach certain people. But the anointing follows your call. And if you understand your call and stick with it and then depend on the power of the Holy Spirit, you're being obedient to God in two ways. Number one, you're being obedient to God because of the call that's on your life and sticking with it. But then you're also obedient to simply ask and request of God that the presence and power of the Holy Spirit be there because as your obedience has been there, as your decision to follow after God in your calling, there will come the anointing upon you. So the anointing doesn't just come on this ministry because God prefers this style over. People may prefer this style over that style, this particular ministry over that particular ministry. And so that's important to understand that God looks at you and he has divided. First Corinthians chapter 12, he has put us in the body as it pleased him. So if you're a pastor, he placed you there. If you're a prophet, he placed you there. If you're an evangelist, he placed you there. Be happy, be content with where God has placed you. And then the Holy Spirit will give you those gifts as he has seen fit. And so 
so the Holy Spirit divides to every man severally as he will of the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit. Understand this, God has everything to do with placing you in ministry and the Holy Spirit has everything to do with energizing you in that position of ministry. Settle for that, be happy with that. And so again, quit trying to imitate somebody else and go for their style. I've been in meetings before. Well, there was one meeting I was in that I taught the word of God, gave an invitation and about four people came down to get saved. I was so happy. And there was an evangelist in that meeting too, sitting right behind me, a woman, and she yelled at me, said, let me do this. I said, okay. She came up and started about a five minute sermon. At the end of that, we had about 30 people standing in front. Do you think I felt good? I felt stupid. I felt like, what's wrong with me? What am I, chopped liver or something? This woman comes up and does this, but I realized something, that's her office. That's her call. She was being obedient to the Holy Spirit and I need to be happy with my teaching ministry because after the meeting, I told her, I said, man, I wish I could have done that. She said, are you kidding? After that teaching, I wish I could have taught like you did. We had another one over here that was a prophet and he simply said, I wished I could do what you do. And they looked, we both looked at him and said, well, we wish we could prophesy like you. Following after the Lord means you're content where you are. Stick to your style because that's what God has called you to. And the Holy Spirit has placed you in that position in the body of Christ. We will continue this tomorrow. You can order resources, become a partner, or browse free articles and podcasts. You can also join our mailing list and receive weekly devotions and the latest ministry updates. Visit bobyandian.com. To contact us by mail, use the address on your screen. Thank you for watching today's broadcast. We'll see you next time on Student of the Word with Bob Yandian.